Hey, folks, if you've been listening to our show, you've probably heard Victor talk about Hillsdale College. It's one of the few colleges in the U.S. still interested in teaching truth. What you probably didn't know is that they have over 40 free online courses. And Victor is one of the professors in three of those courses, American Citizenship and its Decline, based on Victor's book, The Dying Citizen, How Progressive Elites, Tribalism, and Globalization Are Destroying the Idea of America, The Second World Wars, based on his book by the same name, and Athens and Sparta, partly based on his book, A War Like No Other, How the Athenians and Spartans Fought the Peloponnesian War. Don't you wish Victor would have been one of your professors in college? Well, now you can join him as he covers some of the main ideas of his books with Hillsdale College's online courses, all available for free. That's right, for free. The courses are seven to nine episodes long, and they are self-spaced, so you can take them whenever and wherever. I think I'm going to start with American Citizenship and Its Decline, where Victor explores the history of citizenship in the West and the threats it faces today. Threats like the erosion of the middle class, the disappearance of our borders, the growth of an unaccountable deep state, and the rise of globalist organizations. Hey, start your free course with Victor Davis Hansen today. Go right now to hillsdale.edu slash vdh to start. It's free and it's easy to get started. That's hillsdale.edu slash vdh to start. hillsdale.edu slash vdh. Hello there. You have joined the Victor Davis Hansen Show. Victor is the Martin and Neely Anderson Senior Fellow in Military History and Classics at the Hoover Institution and the Wayne and Marsha Buskey Distinguished Fellow in History at Hillsdale College. He is also a distinguished writer, columnist, essayist, all on political culture, history, warfare. In fact, Victor has a recent book, The Dying Citizen is out now in paperback. So if you haven't bought it yet, please go to the stores and you'll find the new paperback out. So we invite everybody to do that. This show is on the recent news and we'll be looking at the January 6th committee, the Ukraine war, Saudis cutting back production and our ministry of truth. And we'll get to those topics right after this message. Can't pay the IRS? Haven't filed in a while? Receiving threatening letters? Yeah, it's about to get worse. The IRS is hiring an army of agents targeting hardworking Americans like you. You need warriors on your side. You need Tax Network USA. Tax Network USA has brilliant strategies to solve your IRS problems quickly and in your favor. For instance, They've discovered a limited-time special offer that the IRS is willing to waive $1 billion in penalties. Find out if you qualify before it's too late. Never call the IRS alone. Let Tax Network USA attorneys handle it. They have preferred direct lines to the IRS. They know which agents to work with and which to avoid. They've resolved over $1 billion in tax debts and offer a best-in-class guarantee. Schedule your free consultation now. Call 1-800-245-6000. That's 1-800-245-6000. Or visit TNUSA.com slash Victor. TNUSA.com slash Victor. Warmer, sunnier days are calling. Fuel up for them with Factors No Prep, No Mess Meals. Meet your wellness goals in time for summer thanks to the menu of chef-crafted meals with options like Calorie Smart, Protein Plus, and Keto. Factors Fresh, never-frozen meals are dietitian approved and ready to eat in just two minutes, so no matter how busy you are, you'll always have time to enjoy nutritious, great-tasting meals. Make today the day you kickstart a new healthy routine. What are you waiting for? For our listeners, Factor is giving you 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next month when you use the promo code VICTOR50 at factormeals.com slash VICTOR50. Choose 
From six menu preferences to help you manage calories, maximize protein intake, avoid meat, or simply eat well-balanced. With 35 different meals and more than 60 add-ons to choose from every week, you'll always have new flavors to explore. Remember, to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next month, head to factormeals.com slash victor50, that's V-I-C-T-O-R-5-0, and use the code victor50, that's code victor50, at factormeals.com slash victor50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next month while your subscription is active. Welcome back. And Victor, how are you doing today? I am doing well. I'm becoming in an Eeyore whining mood because I had almost strangled the long COVID python. And then I went on a long, long uh, speaking. It was it was scheduled for a year, so I don't cancel anything that I had contractual obligations for for a long time. But anyway, I got kind of wound out with four or five days of sleeping four hours and connections and I got a bad cold and all of a sudden I found myself back to square one with long COVID for a while, but mm. I'm going, I'm going to climb out of my um, pit. I'm mixing metaphors, pythons and pits, but anyway, <laughs> I'm going to be fine by our next broadcast. Uh, yeah. The, the, I wanted, you mentioned the dime citizen. I just did a, a interview with Norwegian media about the Norwegian translation. It's got about 15 translations now. And the paperback came out, comes out Monday. So I urge you all, if you want to look at it. Also, you know, there's a, I want to put a plug for Michael Walsh's uh, edited book, Against the Great Reset. It's got 18 essays, Contra the New World Order. I, I wrote one of the first, I think I wrote the first one after the introduction. But it's really good. I mean, it's got a whole systematic, comprehensive ex, uh, view of what is what these people at Davos want to do. Yeah. And when you hear about these international ID efforts where we're all going to be computerized in Orwellian fashion, it's all of that is discussed. And it's something I think that everybody would should uh, yeah. take a look at. I mean, it's got Michael Anton, Conrad Black, Angela, the late Angela Cotovia, David Goldman's got a great essay. Roger Kimball does, too. Douglas Murray. So it's got, I mean, I'm not shorting the other people, but they're really good. But I think everybody would enjoy it. Again, it's against the Great Reset. Perfect. Um, Victor, can we start then with the um, January 6th committee? In yes. Light, in light of the Durham revelations, we have a agent who has fully admitted that they ignored an analyst warning that the Danchenko, I hope I said his name right, maybe may have been a Russian intelligence agent. And so uh, John Solomon's Just the News has been following this very closely, and that's where we get our information from. And, and so put a big knife in the whole idea of the Russian con collusion and that Trump was somehow implicated in it. But I thought that and the January 6th sort of are tying everything up about all the lies we listen to. I'm, and I'm, I'm quoting from one of your um, articles this last week. You just, you're so right on about, we're just listening to these lies and accepting them, but go ahead. What do you have to say? Well, it, it, it's kind of strange. It was good for you to juxtapose them. Cause on the one hand, we have this tired, exhausted January 6th committee run by, I guess his name is Benny Thompson, who in 2005 himself was an election denier with no grounds at all to reject the Ohio vote count and try to get John elect, uh, John Kerry elected. Now he's adjudicating January 6th. And then, as we've said so many times, Kinzinger and Cheney were put there because they had no political future and they voted for the second impeachment of Donald Trump. That was all. And there's no other Republicans. And they're not investigating 120 days of rioting and looting, killing in May, June, July, August, et cetera, of 2020. They're not looking at Ashley Babbitt or the misinformation about Brian. They're only looking at how do we embarrass Donald Trump before the midterm elections. And so it's analogous to the Trump Mar-a-Lago raid or the Biden speeches, et cetera. And they haven't found anything really other than Donald Trump is careless in his speech and conduct. We all knew that. 
but something simultaneously is happening that is wow it's scary and what do i mean by that and so john durham is getting into the penalty stages i think uh this week he finishes his testimony and when he put these uh fbi agents fbi analyst and mueller investigatory committee people on the stand uh, i don't even know that he felt that it was going to reveal what it did and what did it what did it reveal it revealed that a the fbi knowingly used let me say that very carefully sammy they took the Steele dossier that they had paid in part by hiring christopher Steele as an informant while he was being paid by the clinton campaign can i.e via the paywalls of the dnc perkins coe and fusion gps but they couldn't they knew it was false they couldn't find anything in it that could be verified and yet they took that dossier to a fisa court I don't even know why they had Klein, uh, Kevin Kleinsmith alter a document. They didn't need it because the whole thing was a fake. And they went after Carter Page. They went after George Papadopoulos. And then they were so desperate. They had offered, we didn't know this, they had offered with a million dollars of taxpayer money to Christopher Steele, this liar, can you prove one thing? Just prove it. He couldn't. Then they had this Danchenko who was collaborating with this Clinton former lackey Donlin, excuse me, Dolan in, in Russia, two of them had been business partners, and they were fabricating things out of whole, whole cloth. And then just when you, I don't know, when you think it couldn't get any worse, uh, they get on the stand, these two members of the Mueller investigation, right? And they get it. They get them on there, these two analysts, and they ask them, did you ever investigate Charles Dolan? And they said, yeah, we tried to. What do you mean you tried to? Well, we, we wanted to know where he got his information that he fed to the Steele dossier because we could not verify it. And so people said, well, if you couldn't verify it, why did you continue with investigation? And they had no answer for that at all. And so it was really strange. That I, I think her name was Amy Anderson and Brittany Herzog, as I remember. And they, and they were saying, this doesn't look right. And it was blocked. It was either blocked by Mueller himself or more likely Andrew Weissman. So let me just frame that a minute. Well, Lynn Cheney is going off to the races saying there's a conspiracy that doesn't really exist. It's a bunch of buffoonish people desecrating the, the the congressional chambers in the Capitol, bad, but not a conspiracy. Yeah. It, it doesn't warrant 30,000 federal troops and Bob wire for six weeks. But while that was going on, the FBI knowingly for the last three years, four years, was passing off to a federal judge a bunch of lies that they knew they were lies because earlier they had tried to bribe, pay, compensate the author of those lives an extra million dollars of our money on top of what he was getting. And he still couldn't come through with it. And they still sent it as evidence to go after American citizens. And when these two analysts then were brought in to give more information, they said, yeah, we're on the Mueller. We were FBI analysts attached to the Mueller investigation, they were assigned particular elements of the dossier because that was the center of their investigation. And they hit a brick wall. They said, nope, once you go after Dolan, that's it. You're not going to go any further. They admitted that. And so the question is, somebody in the FBI said to them, either independently in the FBI, their bosses or their new employers on the Mueller committee, hold it right there. You are not going to investigate a former Clinton aide and his role in fabricating the Steele dossier, because if you were to do that, it's going to go back. I'm just suggesting their mindset. It's going to go back to Hillary Clinton, and we cannot do that. We will not do that. 
And so that, that's pretty amazing that the FBI would knowingly try to destroy American citizens with information that they knew was ever, it was just false without any dispute. And then it also yeah. puts into context Mueller. Mueller has testified under oath before Devin Nunes' House Intelligence Committee that really had no idea what either Fusion GPS or, or what the what the Steele dossier was. If he didn't know either one of them, why did he pull off these uh, Hertog and this Amy Anderson from investigating Dolan's uh, relationship? In fact, he was a business relationship with Danchenko. So they were, I don't know what you'd call them, grifters. They just sort of fabricated a bunch of stuff and passed it to Steele and said, oh, he's in he's in Moscow sometimes. And I'm a Ukrainian dash Russian citizen. And that's about it. And out of that, we wasted 22 months and $40 million and destroyed a presidency. And Hillary Clinton pretty, I mean, it's not under dispute. She tried to destroy a political opponent, his presidential transition and his presidency. And that is a conspiracy. That is racketeering. And so why these people chase unicorns up on January 6th committee, they don't even care about a conspiracy involving government, a political party to warp and destroy uh, the integrity of the 2016 and, and the 2020 election, because it went on and on and on. Yeah. Oh, my God, it's just the whole thing's just scary because I don't know just... what to say. I, I mentioned once before to you that I don't think there's hope for the FBI. If you have the last four directors that they've either lied or misled Congress or you have people, FBI lawyers, who are knowingly fabricating uh, documents and to deceive a judge, or you have the director and the assistant director that are swearing to a FISA court that this dossier is valid when they know it's not, or when you have FBI operatives uh, destroying evidence under subpoena, like wiping clean their data records on cell phones, or you have Stroke and Page and McKay, uh, communicating and assuring themselves that Andy, i.e. McCabe, and they will stop the election of Donald Trump. I mean, what what else can you think of? No, and there's no consequences. There's no that's consequences. The, that's, and they'll just keep doing the it. Biggest, the, 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 biggest mis the biggest mistake that Bill Barr did, and I don't know why he did it, I don't know why he didn't prosecute Andrew McCabe for admittedly lying to federal prosecutors, investigate, excuse me, investigators, because once he did that, that tarnished the entire integrity of any investigation of the FBI, because an agent could always say, well, the assistant director and the interim director lied, and he knew he lied, and the Justice Department didn't care. This is on top of all the other stuff, like 600-plus complaints of sexual harassment, going after whistleblowers, deliberately putting the Hunter Biden laptop on ice so it wouldn't affect the election and that, and that and thereby affecting the election. So the whole the whole system of the FBI as we know it is corrupt. And I don't buy anymore that the, the, the traditional Republican response, I think it was Mike Pence basically. I was very upset about because I like Mike Pence, but he said basically if you question the FBI then you're analogous to defunding the police. And I don't buy that at all. Yeah. It, yeah. And, uh, and, and I don't buy it. it's one or two people. Yeah, the exactly. FBI. They it's, keep it's, saying, oh, all of the agents on the ground are great, no, but it's just no. the heads. I don't think that's true. If, if it, the agents are so great and they're not part of a system, then why are there 600 plus uh, sexual harassment charges? Why are there whistleblowers coming forward and saying, these people did this with the Hunter Biden. Who were the people who went to Roger Stone's house? Who were the people who shook down Peter Navarro? Who were the people who rousted out James O'Keefe in his underwear? Who were the people who confronted Jay, uh, John Eastman? Why were they doing all those perp acts, those performance art arrest and intimidation? Who were the people who nobody knows who the people who wiped away subpoenaed cell phones? It's Peter Strzok uh, and Lisa Page. They're not running the FBI. They're rank-and-file people. And who were the people in the Mueller investigation that were part and parcel, apparently from these whistleblowing analysts that were told not to investigate further? Who were the people who came up with the idea to pay Christopher Steele a million dollars? So it was everywhere, and it's a culture. It's got to be broken up. They can take, you know, each 
element, anti-terrorism, domestic uh, violence, you name it, um, interstate crime, and they can farm it out to the DOJ, Homeland Security, Department of Treasury, but do not unite this monstrosity what it's become and put it right in washington and it's not going to work anymore they, they will do it again and they will do it again and it, and we know that because it's not robert Mueller, it's not james comey it's not andrew mccabe it's not christopher ray it's not peter stroke it's all of them and it, they reflect a culture that's irredeemable and it's yeah. a threat it's a threat to civil liberties you yeah. can't have the fbi destroying people's lives like carter page or michael flynn imagine having an ambush and comey laughing about it and saying oh they usually don't let us in without a lawyer we just waltzed in basically because the trump administration didn't know what the blank they were doing and then suddenly we got michael flynn and we asked him all this stuff and peter struck you know he came away saying he was told the truth but we we we're trying to get him on the Logan Act, which has never successfully prosecuted a single American in its two hundred year obsolete history. So I, I got it's scary, is what I'm trying to say. It's scary. Yeah, you know, and I, what I think is that the low people who are lower on the totem pole, the problem is, is that their careers and their salaries and their lives with their families is all attached to the person above them. And oh, it's, worse that, that, it's worse they, than that. It's worse than that. Right. Go ahead. Go ahead. Tell me. <laughs> well, say you're an academic and you're asked to take a diversity, equity and inclusion oath, right? Yeah. By your dean. And you say, blank you. I'm not going to do that. This is McCarthyism. The dean is an inept weasel, right? So he's yes. going to be petty and vindictive, but he doesn't have the apparatus to destroy your entire life. You know, mm, but yes, when, when these people, true. these people know that when they're in the FBI and they know how the FBI operates and they know its surveillance powers, its ability to get things past a FISA judge, its ability, their arm. When that when somebody says, don't do that or you're in trouble, they understand that the FBI has powers that we can't even imagine. And that is an intimidation that goes through the entire ranks. You don't, if you're an yes. FBI, I'm not, don't talk to me. Talk to Chuck Schumer. When Trump came in and he attacked the CIA, for example, and said, they have seven ways to Sunday and you don't know what you're dealing with when you go against the intelligence and investigatory agency. Oh, yeah, I remember that. Yeah, absolutely. He's, only, he outed them. Well, that was the only truth, true thing he's ever said. Yeah. Yeah, well, I was also thinking the same um, analogy if you're at in a university they can make your like they can put you in worse offices they can give you the they worst do that. classes to they teach, do that they've et cetera. done that they me. can do the same thing in the fbi mm -hmm. and they can be sure you don't have any salary advancement yes they and do that's that. the, they're so doing that they're doing that to the hundreds of professors all i'm saying is they don't go surveil your house that's true. And they don't go into your mail and they don't tap it. They don't have the ability to tap in. Well, maybe they do if you use university email, but yes. they're, they're a lot more formidable. And so those agents, it's very hard for them to come out because they have families, not just their salary, but, you know, and I'm, I'm speaking as some, as a traditionalist that got sick and tired of Hollywood always making the CIA and the FBI the heavies. But after listening to all of this and watching it the last three years, you realize something that the real test is not a bipartisan president that they don't like, maybe an Obama, Clinton, a Romney-type figure or a Bush. The the real test is somebody who's an outsider, who's very controversial and could be crude and uncouth. That's when their disinterested standards are supposed to shine. And that's when they failed that test. All yeah, of them failed that test. I don't know did. why right now, given this latest disclosure, why James Comey is not going to be indicted for attempting to defraud a FISA court, a racketeering show. I don't know why, because he knew when he presented that his, remember what he did. Let me backtrack. When they presented that FISA, FISA applications, in the one case, he claims he didn't know that Kevin Kleinsmith had forged a document, altered it. But now we know that he knew that his own agents had tried to pay a million dollars. Maybe it came from him to verify it 
And he knew that it wasn't verified. So he knew it was false. And yet he still passed it on to destroy somebody. And I don't know how he, how these people get away with it. This asymmetry of the application of justice is right now the most, the most terrifying thing about this country. Yeah, and it's the most destructive thing, I think, to this it country is. since it is. it's central to our very existence. That so that was the comparison. I'm glad you did it. There's a comparison of two different types of inquiries. One is a real conspiracy against the individual American citizen as conducted by the remnants of the Clinton campaign and the FBI. And the other is this show trial performance art January 6th committee under Lynn Cheney, uh, Liz Cheney, her last gasp before she and Adam Kinzinger fade into obscurity and depart the public square. Yeah. So Victor, let's go ahead and take a break and um, then come back and talk about the f- forming of our ministry of information and it's outside and inside, uh, I don't know, power, uh, Um, instruments of power, I guess I would say. So we'll be right back to talk about that after these messages. Have you heard of cancer-fighting foods? The American Cancer Society discovered diets rich in fruits and veggies may actually lower, lower your risk of cancer. Hopefully you hear this and run to the store for five servings of fruits and vegetables every day. If not, you should consider adding Field of Greens to your daily health regimen. Each fruit and veggie in Field of Greens was doctor-selected for studied health benefits. There's a heart health group, lungs, kidneys, and metabolism groups, even healthy weight. What your body needs is found in each scoop of delicious Field of Greens. Will Field of Greens prevent, treat, or cure cancer? No, but it's so powerful It promises at your next checkup, your doctor will notice your improved health or your money back. I got you 15% off and free rush shipping. Visit fieldofgreens.com and use the promo code VICTOR, V-I-C-T-O-R, for your discount. That's promo code VICTOR at fieldofgreens.com, fieldofgreens.com. At Just the News, we break the stories others in the media ignore or are too afraid to tell. We did it on Russia collusion, Hunter Biden, and the security and intelligence failures that preceded January 6th. Our stories have real impact and reach because we stick to the facts. I'm John Solomon. You can help me expand our honest, unvarnished, and unbiased reporting by becoming a premium member at Just the News. You'll get an ad-free experience and exclusive member-only access to events. And you'll be helping us dig up more truth. Join today at justthenews.com slash subscribe. We're back. And Victor, what I meant by um, Ministry of Information, obviously it's Orwellian term that that ideas and information are all going to be controlled by the government in some way, shape, or form. And what I've noticed in the in the papers is, well, first off, there's the case of the California legislature passing a law to arrest doctors who go against, quote, received consensus, unquote. And then in Silicon Valley, of course, we've become aware of our um, tech companies aiding the FBI themselves, speaking of the FBI. And I was wondering uh, what your thoughts were on on this. these. Yeah. Well, you mentioned the California uh, law that Gavin Newsom just signed into law, you know, about, I can memorize it. It was false information that is contradicted by contemporary scientific consensus, contrary to the standard of care. Think of that. Do you really think, just to take some names out of the illustrious history of medicine, that Hippocrates, Jenner, Pasteur, Curie, <laughs> you really believe that they operated within contemporary scientific consensus and always followed the standard of care? No, they were no. maver- Every great thinker is. Do you really believe that if somebody, according to this law, let's say it's 1970 and somebody says, you know, I think I have a stomach ulcer and I'm going to investigate. I'm a doctor and I don't think it's caused just by stress. I got this sneaking suspicion. It's H. pylori, and that's a weird bacteria that's eating away these stomach linings, and I'm going to give antibiotics. They would they would disbar him. Yeah. 
Yeah. Or what if you were in, I don't know, 1950s America under this statute? I think that cigarettes can cause cancer. <laughs> no. <laughs> or how about just last, uh, what, two years ago? What if you were a doctor and said, I swear that 120 over 80 is an obsolete ideal blood pressure. It's really 110 over 70. That will save lives if we, what would happen? Would he be arrested? Because that's what it is now, 110 over 70, not 120 over 80. And so, you know, and then apply that to Dr. Fauci under the California law. So California law says it's a criminal offense to spread false information that's contradicted by scientific uh, consensus, right? Yes. Contra and it's contrary to the usual standard of care. Okay. So this is what Fauci has said. Just think of this. He said, um, the Wuhan lab has no role in the birth of the epidemic. <laughs> that's a lie. <laughs> He said, the United States government has never subsidized gain-of-function research in virology. That's a lie. He should be arrested on second count. He said, you don't need a mask. You need one mask. You need two masks. Those are lies. Uh, at least they contradict each other. Yeah. He said, uh -huh. you don't need a travel ban from China. You can go on a cruise. He should be in jail for that, according to California. Remember, he said, don't worry about the other guy. Just get your two mRNA shots. And when you do, that's the gold standard. You got 96% immunity. If somebody, some other idiot, I'm extrapolating, but if some other idiot doesn't want to get vaccinated, i.e., you know, a Trump deplorable, it doesn't matter because you're vaccinated. He can't hurt you, in other words. And then it was, well, you might need a booster. Well, you might need a second booster or a fourth shot, in other words. And now what is it? Well, you need a third booster, and that'll be five shot total. You could be put in jail at each uh, iteration of that. And then, of course, he said in a cost-benefit analysis, it was much wiser to shut down the economy and close all the school rather than to deal with medically deal with the COVID epidemic. And so he would be a felon, I guess, in California yeah. uh, jurisprudence. And then, the, you know, you think when you said uh, these Ministry of Truth, you said, well, whatever. But that was pretty accurate because they're called, you remember what they call them, Disinformation Governance Board. And it, they're formed. You remember they were going to do it in Homeland Security and then they squashed, squashed it because of the outcry. Now it's reemerging again. Yes. <laughs> but just, just just think of all, I can thinking right now of all the things that the left, the government has passed off on us as lie, as truth, that were utter lies, and yet they have the audacity to say that they're going to adjudicate what lies. So what would happen if you said, according to the government disinformation board, hmm, I don't think that Brian Sicknick, Officer Sicknick on January 6th, was killed by a Trump supporter. I think that uh, he died of a stroke the next day. Lie. Well, that was true. Mm. What if? What if you said, "I don't." I looked at those tapes. I don't think those border patrol agents were whipping anybody. Lie. Come before the disinformation. No, that was true too. And that was, I don't think that Christopher Steele's dossier was factually and well researched. Lie. Come before the disinformation board. I don't think that Brett Kavanaugh was a serial sexual assaulter in his teens, teens and twins. Lie come before the disinformation board. And my favorite, I'm thinking, well, my favorite would be, you know, I just don't think that Juicy Smollett in the very wee-wee hours of the Chicago cold morning valiantly, bravely, audaciously fought off a bunch of white racist MAGA-hatted yelling people you know, take blank empire and here's a news why he fought, fought them off with one hand in a sandwich and one with his cell phone. I just don't believe that. That lie, you're going to go before the, the disinformation board because all those were considered what? True. And they yeah. were pushed on us by the government or I didn't even get into what? Russian collusion. How about this one? I don't think that those 50 CIA and former intelligence officers are right. I just believe I've looked at the dossier, uh, the laptop stuff, text and published in the post. 
the New York Post, and I'm just positive that that is an accurate laptop. But it belonged to Hunter Biden. Lie, you're going before the disinformation. My, I'll just leave with the idea. I looked at Joe Biden. I think he's cognitive challenge, just like Fetterman. Lie. So that's uh, but, what they do. But what when you say all this, I'm thinking, and all the people who are watching all of these things happen, that you cannot state these things without being called a liar or you know whatever being com coming before the the disinformation board they the other people around are just they're just going to cease talking because you can't talk about the truth anymore. that's the point that's the point that's the whole point you mentioned silicon valley and wow i think i've coined a new word for silicon valley a new vocabulary if you're a startup company right that means you're left wing and you are not going to be destroyed. You're going to be kindly absorbed into the Silicon Valley octopus. That is, I think Facebook has absorbed, quote unquote, 200 companies. But if you're a, a one of the very rare conservative companies, you're not going to be a start up. You're going to be an up start. And therefore, if you're parlor they're going to destroy you as they did when was it Amazon, Apple and Twitter all banned all of their access to app stores and platforms and strangled it in its cradle. And the same thing I think is going on. I'm not disinterested because I know well Devin Nunes, but what they're doing to this true social, you know, I, I was looking the other day at it because I was curious to see if it's going to make it. Gosh, Sammy, you should read about it. I mean, they, Every single article is almost the mirror image of what they said about Parler. They do they do this, they being Amazon and Twitter and Facebook and Apple and Google. They always say this about a conservative upstart. They say they're incompetent. They don't know what the hell they're doing. It's a mess. They're irrelevant, poor, pathetic people. And then they try to destroy them, which they wouldn't want to do if they were so, what, prone to spontaneously combust. But they're scared stiff of them. And, you know, true social needs money. And they had that, uh, what was it called? It was this. Alter, this company, uh, Digital World, I'm reading it now, I have a note, Digital World Acquisition Corp., right? Yeah. And they were going to get investors and merge with True Social, and then they'd have operating capital as they went public. And sure enough, the DOJ is going off after them to stop that. Elizabeth wow. Warren, the New York Times. And sure enough, Google, until what, 24 hours from this broadcast? tried to stop them from ever being listed on the Google, Google Play Store, App Store. And as soon as they put it on, they were, I think there was such an outcry, and especially after what they did to Parler, that they they were forced to. And it just shot up to the best-selling app for, I don't know, a f two or three days. And so they can say that it's incompetently run. It poses no threat. Trump only has 4 million followers. Uh, yes, we know that John Rich's song, remember that progress song or Breitbart's My Son Hunter, they got play there and they, we didn't want them on our platforms. But you know what? They're just rookies. They don't know what they're doing. And yet they want to destroy them. And every I dare everybody just to go on and search True Social and then collate every story and every single one of them is negative. There's not a positive thing. So what I'm getting at is when Google has 90% of all searches are conducted on Google and 50% of 6 billion phones have an Apple brand on them and Facebook 50 Facebook has 3 billion they claim I don't know if it's accurate 3 billion monthly users how do you fight that they have complete Jay Gould John, John Fisk uh, monopolies right out of the robber bear in 19th century. Frank, we need Frank Norris to be alive again to rewrite the octopus. He, he wrote it right about the muscle slew tragedy about eight year, eight miles from my farm. Mm. But it was the same thing. The, the railroad went in and just destroyed any possible uh, independent 
uh, carrier. They even went out. They went after wagons. They went after anything and lowered prices to destroy people. And then when they destroyed competition, they raised them. And then they went after farmers they'd sold the land to and claimed they hadn't improved it and tried to steal it back. And I always wondered about that because when I grew up, I thought my grandparents who were populist, small farmers, and my parents who grew up in two distinct farm families, I thought they were a little, I don't know, what's the word, doctrinaire, paranoid? Yeah. yeah. They, they hated the railroad. Yeah. They hated the railroad. They'd all talk. My grandfather was a very Reese Davis, my maternal grandfather. He was the most even-tempered person, and he was a gentleman. He never, I never heard him say one swear word. You mentioned the railroad, and he got very irate. And he said that what they had done to his grandmother and his father on shipping rates and how they tried to take away family. And it's so ironic that these guys with nose rings and flip-flops and tie-dyes and tattoos make, they make Jay Fisk or they make Cornelius Vanderbilt or any of these uh, hyper-capitalists of the last century, of two centuries ago, they make them look like amateurs. They make William Randolph Hearst look like an incompetent. Yeah. You know what? We're trying to get your app on the Apple store and it has subscriptions on it. And Apple wanted 15%. Speaking of railroad rates, Apple wanted 15% of those sales. We're we're, um, not going to sell subscriptions on the apps. No surprise, right? But at the same, you know, at the same time, it's you kind of see the parallel. Of yeah, you do. Robber, you know, they're robber barons. They really when are. I th- when I think about that libs of TikTok, that really funny site, you know, on on yeah. uh, I guess it's yes. on YouTube where they <laughs> and they kick it off or they kick Project Veritas off all these platforms, and you know what happened, and it had consequences in the election when they did it in association with Hunter's laptop, and we all think. Where else can they go? So you can make fun of a truth social or parlor, and they do the left, but there's no other alternative. No. And so when they when we and so you can say, I just looked at some articles today and it was like incompetent, Devin Nunes without experience, Donald and Eric Trump trying to get their greedy hands on (laughs) truth social, Linder under pressure. D, uh, Elizabeth Warren says DOJ investigate all these stories. And I'm thinking, why wouldn't you want a dissident voice? Wouldn't you want one teeny weeny little platform? So when somebody goes against the grain, he's not shut out completely from social media. And the answer is no. no. That would that would be like asking the big four in California. Wouldn't you want a little local railroad just to be, you know, chug along from Fresno to Sacramento without being ordered owned by the Central Pacific Railroad? In 1880? No. No. Or why wouldn't you just say, well, you know, there was a bunch of farmers and we sold land for $4 an acre in 1868. uh, And we told them they could keep the $4 if all they had to do was improve it. And then we went down to between Salma, California and Hanford. And my God, all along our former frontage, it's big frontage, those farms look beautiful. They've got farmhouses and they've got barns and they've got wheat fields and and we're not making enough money just transporting their crops. So, you know what? We're going to go back and look at those contracts and say they didn't improve them. But they did improve them. Yeah, it doesn't matter. We're going to get the Pinkertons and we're going to get the sheriffs. And so that everybody should look at the octopus because it's a fictionalized version of that. Yeah. And what happened, they went in there and, of course, there was a shootout. And a lot of people died. I think six died, five. And then they shipped them to San Jose, change of venue. And then they were treated like folk heroes, right? Mm-hmm. The farmer, farmers. But I can remember my grandfather saying that they had bought land from the railroad. This thing where I'm speaking right now. Sure enough, they came back and tried to argue that they had not improved it. Yeah. And therefore, they got to, they had the right to buy it back at four dollars an acre, or whatever the actual right uh, price was. So, yes, I'm a very pro-capitalist conservative, but when I collate what the FBI has been doing and what big tech has been doing, it's frightening. Remember what big tech does in finishing this sordid tale. Every time you get a George H. W. Bush or George W. Bush or Donald Trump in office, they say this. We're just like 
Rockefeller and Carnegie and and JP Morgan, we're buccaneers, we're we build the country, just let us go. You guys believe in free market capitalism, let the stags of capitalism free, let the muscles, and we'll build a universe. We've got 11 trillion now between San Francisco and San Jose and market capitalization. And then the left comes in, they said, <laughs> don't listen to all that crap. The bottom line is we got billions and billions to spend on politics. And I'm going to put 419 million, I, Mark Zuckerberg, into these pre-selected precincts to warp the vote, to make sure that everybody who might vote for Joe Biden does and people who might vote for Donald Trump don't. And I'm going to raise another 150 million from Silicon Valley, and we're going to change the voting laws in March and April. To, and that's what they did. And the left loves them. Yeah. You know, and then I was looking at this, I was curious take a guess how many high ranking White House aides in the Biden administration worked with Silicon Valley before they came to the Biden White House, West Wing. Oh. Four to five of them. 13. Woo! And let me ask you another question. How many senior officials, that is secretaries, cabinet deputies, are there in the Biden administration that came directly from Silicon Valley? Four. 51. Whoa, wait. Oh, I'm sorry. I didn't. You, I oh, thought uh, you just meant the cabinet. I'm sorry. Okay. Yeah. Well, I don't mean cabinet officials. I Just the secretaries. Yeah. But oh, okay. Yeah. At a administrative high rank. Yeah. At least the Washington Post calls them, quote, senior officials. So my point is this. It's everybody. Alejandro Mayorkas, remember him? Mr. Yep. Sec he, he did legal work for Facebook. How about our Secretary of State, Anthony Blinken? He's at the Hoover Institution, I think, tomorrow. Where did he work? Facebook. He did legal work. for. He was a legal consultant to Facebook. They all go there. They go revolving door. You know what they're just like? Defense contractors. Instead of going from Lockheed, and going from the Defense Department or a high position of Pentagon to Lockheed or Northrop, it's much more dangerous. What they do is they leave a Clinton or an Obama or a Biden from, uh, administration, and they go right to Facebook, Google, Amazon, Apple. And then you know what? They make a ton of money, and they wait and wait, and then the next liberal administration that gets in, they go right back there. And that's why the Democratic Party is now the party of the wealthy and the party of the privileged. And you know what? There is nemesis in the world. There's a divine observation that excess, excess or hubris leads to nemesis. And what's happening to the Democratic Party, they thought this was really neat that they had transformed the superficial face of capitalism into a cool hipster. We wear nose rings. I'm Jack Dorsey. I look like a Charles Manson-like figure, haha, -ha, but I'm worth $10 billion. They thought that was neat and cool, but all they did is turn off the working classes, and they're turning off now the Hispanic classes, and everybody sees through, pulled the curtain away, and they said, you know what? These people are absolute blank, blank, ruthless, ruthless, selfish, greedy people, and they use their money to destroy d democracy, and then they accuse other people in projections fashions of doing it. Yes. And I think they're going to destroy their de Democratic Party if they haven't already. Yeah. Well, Victor, let's go ahead and um, take on that, take a break. And that, that something was just wonder, I want to say brilliant, but that would be flattering you. That was something that I'm afraid of. Let's put it that way. But, but let's take a break and then we'll come back and talk a little bit on the Ukrainian war, if that's not too much of a break in topics. So we'll be right back. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress-them-on-the-third-date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app today to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. What makes a life a good one? Is it the adventure you have? 
or the friends you find along the way. Maybe it's pursuing your passion while striving to protect, defend, and save what you believe in every single day. So what makes a life a good one? In the Coast Guard, we think it's all of the above and more. But you'll have to find out for yourself. Visit GoCoastGuard.com to learn more. All right, we're here, and um, I wanted to turn to the war in Ukraine for lots of things. We've noticed that um, supporters of AOC are screaming at her for supporting (laughs) financing the war, and we noticed that um, they're talking more and more in the media about nuclear war. I have two headlines here. One says, think, Joe, isn't there a better way out than Armageddon? And the second one says, will Putin use nuclear weapons? Watch these indicators. So there's lots of media on the possibilities of nuclear war these days. So I was wondering, what are your thoughts on that? With the- I get, you know what I get really tired of? Well, maybe I can explain it this way. There's a great passage in the beginning of the seventh book of Thucydides' history. And they're in the great harbor at Syracuse in Sicily. And the Athenians all have had all of their dreams shipwrecked. And they've got 35 to 40,000 people that are stranded in this misadventure trying to conquer the largest democracy in the Greek world, 800 miles away. So anyway, the point is that they're all on the shore and they finally decide under this poor kidney stone Nicias that they're going to put their entire fleet such as it is out into the harbor and they're going to fight the Syracusans given the reputation for Athenian naval mastery. And if they win, they get home, right? And if they lose, they're stuck and they're dead. So as this battle goes on, Thucydides says that the Athenians are on the shore and they're just watching elements of it, right? Because you can't at ground level see the entire you know, they're not in a drone. Yeah. And they're and some up there yelling, We win, we win, we're winning, we're winning, we're losing, we're losing, we're losing, we're winning, we're losing, we're losing, we're winning. <laughs> As oh yin and yang, and it's very yeah. tragic. Well, this is what's happening with Ukraine. So nobody's looking at the larger picture. The no, larger picture is there's 40 million Ukrainians. And they have, I don't know, one third to one fourth the population of Russia, and they have one-thirtieth of its area, and they have one-tenth of its GDP, and it's 100% reliant on the United States and the EU-NATO for its weapon and financial support, and they're fighting brilliantly and heroically. But as a consequence of that aid, And as a consequence of cannibalistic suicidal policies in the EU, this winter is going to be devastating because Russia is not going to... That whole economy of Germany was based on cheap Russian available natural gas. It's gone. And so the EU is not going to be there for Ukraine. And the United States is going to be pretty soon up to $100 billion dollars why we run 31 trillion dollar deficit and we're paying and i just filled up so i went around selma yesterday sammy and i found a service station that sold me diesel fuel for six dollars and seventy cents i thought i'd died and gone to heaven six dollars and seventy cents it was so wonderful i got my fill up for under two hundred dollars for a change but my point is that that was two hundred dollars i didn't spend on anything else well, let's hope that doesn't incite you to vote for Biden. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I want to say another thing. I saw I did it. My first I did it sticker in Salma of all places where somebody it's you know, that Biden's pointing that and you stuck it on the gas gas pump. So it's come it's come it's come here. But the point is that there's stages. And everybody's yelling, we win, we lose. But the first stage was the failed decapitation Kiev. Everybody understood that. They thought it was going to be like 2014. No resistance. Okay. And then it was Verdun. 
from, I don't know, we could call it March 20th or something, all the way until September, where it was just drag out, knock them out, trench, da-da-da. Horrible war. And then it was a war of fluidity and maneuver. As the Russians tired, as their morale sank, as Putin was flummoxed, as, you know, he, we were giving them... Uh, material assistance and weapons to sink capital ships on the Black Sea, to stage raids into Russia, to assassinate Russian generals, to give them real-time information. And everybody said, oh, it's going to be over. They're pushing everybody out of Crimea and the borderlands soon. No, they had a yin and a yang. And now we're into stage four. And Putin has got Hundreds of what? These Iranian drones that were re-engineered when Barack Obama did not blow up a crashed American drone. I think that was the genesis of that otherwise stagnant technological research and development country. And I don't know how they got the expertise to make a sophisticated drone better than anything that Russia has. But they've got a lot of them and they're cheap and they're blowing Ukrainians up. And they're sending cruise missiles and as terror weapons. They're no different than the V-2 weapon attack of late 1944, early 1945. It was just a terror weapon. And it had an effect that really diverted a lot of British and American resources until we took back the continent, at least Western Europe. So they're doing this, and all of a sudden, the people in in the West, in Germany and France and everybody, uh, Macron said the other day, well, we're not going to reply to a tactical nuclear weapon with a nuclear response. Wise to say that, I guess. Wise to do that. I don't know if it's wise to say it, I should say. But my point is, you can just see it. They're weakening the Europeans. And people in the United States are not given an explanation and exegesis from Biden. He talks sloppy. He talks sloppily. He talks promiscuously he stalks insanely about nuclear weapons and a nuclear war as if it's just a chess game he said remember what he just said he just said pakistan didn't know what the he just attacked pakistan nuclear pakistan yeah. may have been true what he said that they're on depend you know it can't be dependable but why would you say that in a nuclear crisis why would you want to get india nuclear india and nuclear pakistan and nuclear russia and nuclear china all and nuclear north korea all against you yeah, and then exactly. he's talking and he's threatening and talking about nuclear Armageddon. And so my point is that this stage four, I what is stage four going to be? It's going to be the Yang to the Ukrainians fluidity and stage three. So we're going to start to see Russia to shoot more tonnage into Ukraine to, as terror terror weapons, and they're going to pour more resources in it, especially as it becomes more existential. And he's going to talk more and more about using tactical nuclear weapons, and he's going to hope more and more that non-compost mentes Joe Biden is going to say stupider and stupider things, and the French are going to have to say, shut the blank up, Biden. And the Pakistanis are going to call in our ambassador and say, tell him to shut the blank up. And the Indians are going to call, say, shut the blank up. And that's what his strategy is. And yeah. isn't, we're, isn't... We're, my point is, we're going to be in another stalemate. And yeah. anybody who says, as Henry Kissinger did, I wrote a column, that there has to be some type of settlement. There's always a settlement to a war. And most of the time, it's victory or defeat. But if you think you're going to defeat this huge russian monstrosity you can make fun of how incompetent it is you can talk about internal dissension i pray that that's all true because i want them to lose but the point is they have a lot more resources in ukraine and right now they're sitting on a bonanza of high-priced energy where we in the west have disarmed ourselves in europe totally so and joe biden by cutting a million to two million barrels put us right on the razor's edge yeah. Is that an impeachable offense? I mean, it should be. <laughs> oh, I don't know what's a impeachable offense now. Ask your listeners what's an impeachable offense. Yeah. I guess they lowered the bar. That's a good topic. They lowered the bar because here's an impeachable offense. Hi, I'm Donald Trump, Mr. Zelensky. Now, look, the Congress just appoint, uh, approved a bunch of aid to you. And you know what? It's offensive weapons to javelins. And I, I'm going to sell you that. But you know what? 
that damn Biden family is crooked as hell. And that damn Hunter Biden, along with your cronies and Verisma, they're they're crooked and they're siphoning money to the Bidens to get stuff from you. And they've got your prosecutor fired. And we don't like that corruption. We don't want you interfering in our elections because, you know, your ambassador and all this. And that's what he did. And they impeached him for it. They said he put his presidential careerist interest above the national security concerns of the United States. Impeached. Okay. Mm. So let's go down how that would apply. Let's do post facto. I'm Barack Obama to President Medved. Hey, tell Vladimir, look, tell Vladimir that this is my last election. He's got to give me space, space i.e. don't go invade Ukraine or East or Crimea, please, while I'm up for election. And if he gives me space, I'm going to be flexible on missile defense, i.e. I'm going to tell the damn Poles and the damn Czechs, screw you, we're reneging on missile defense because we're cutting a deal with the Russians and we're going to pull it out from under you. And that's what he did. In other words, Every item of that quid pro quo hot mic was observed and ratified. Obama did give Putin space. Putin did not invade in 2012 during the election cycle, nor in 2013, but he did in glee that Obama was reelected. He invaded in 2014 on the proper and correct assumption that Biden wouldn't do a damn. I mean, that Obama. Obama Biden wouldn't do a damn thing, and they didn't. And guess what? He got everything he wanted. He got Eastern Ukraine, he got Crimea and, he, Crimea, and he got no missile defense in Europe. And right now, had Obama early on opposed that and armed the Ukrainians far earlier with offensive weapons, we might not have seen the initial muscularity of Russia and Ukraine. And more importantly, right now, can you imagine if the Poles and the Czechs had a sophisticated anti-ballistic missile system? It would be something that would give them a little sense of deterrence in this current nuclear shakedown. That is an impeachable offense, much more egregious than what Trump does. You know what? I'll just give you one other example in the same vein. Okay, so you you establish the principle, if you're more concerned about your election chances or your political party's success, and you're willing to enhance that by using the power of your office to affect policies that are to the detriment of the United States, you're impeached. And what did Joe Biden do when he went over to Saudi Arabia and came back and then got an initial promise that for the summer they would lower oil prices against their own national interest for his benefit because the midterms are coming up. And now, now he begged OPEC, but especially Saudi Arabia, can you please pump 2 million barrels? I.e., I've drained the strategic petroleum deserve down to a 30 or 40 percent i have stopped anwar i have stopped keystone i have fewer federal leases than any president in history i'm not doing offshore i was able through hook and crook to diminish our domestic production between one and two million barrels when just a half a million a day can make some difference but I got it up to two million. The price is sky high. This is what I want. But now you're supposed to help me because I need Democrats in Congress. So I want you to pump more oil. And they said, "Sorry, yeah, you called so us the, a pariah state. Remember that? Yeah, you, you so, made fun of us. You the, said that we were pariah. So why in the hell should we go against our national interest yeah. and pump more oil for your reelection to lower the price of oil when it, we're going to less me- we're going to make less money? And so now they're trying to punish them." And that's yeah. not that's not in the interest of the United States. If you look at the context of the Abrams Accords and how Saudi Arabia was gravitating along with Jordan and Egypt to an accommodation with Israel against the common enemy, Iran, and now you're alienating it because he's not helping your political career. And that's an impeachable offense under the Democrats' own standards. Yeah, isn't draining the oil reserve probably the most impeached? I mean, he shouldn't be draining the oil no, reserve. No, the oil, it was it was original. You go back and look in the Carter-Reagan years, what it was designed for. It was designed for two things. In a period of international tensions, when there was price hikes or embargoes or cutoffs in the Middle East, or two, earthquakes, fires, uh, tsunamis, hurricanes that destroy 
petroleum refinery and production facilities. And those periods of national crises, this 900, 800 million barrel reserve could get us through. It wasn't designed for a president worried about whether his Congress is going to lose the first midterm, which they all do, to all of a sudden drain it to make up for the oil that he deliberately cut back in pursuance of some bankrupt AOC Green New Deal theory. Yeah, that's an impeachable offense. Why not throw in destroying the entire corpus of federal immigration law? It doesn't exist. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And he did that for his own political purposes. self-interest i hope they do that but that's what we don't have you know we can do a whole show on whether they're going to be old testament or new testament republicans in january whether they're going to you know impeach mayorkas impeach garland impeach biden even though they can't be convicted because they don't have 60 votes in the senate or whether they're going to tear up the state of the union mccarthy would on national tv or they're going to mccarthy says you know we talked about that before. He, t- he says to Pelosi or whoever her replacement will be is no more green lighting your nominations. You couldn't let me pick the minority members on the January 6th committee. So that was for about two years. So here's what's happening. No squad. I don't want one squad member on any congressional committee. You understand that? So don't even send their names up because I'm going to reject them all. And you know what? You started the impeachment. You did it twice. So we're going to do it as well. And we under- we're going to follow your rules. And there's going to be no special counsel's report. There's going to be no lengthy cross-examination. It's just going to be, he's guilty. Let's vote up or down. Now, that's the Old Testament view. And the New Testament is... Let's play by the Marcus Queensberry rules and the Sermon on the Mount and just say, let's go through an agenda and let's listen to the better angels of our nature. And maybe you can do both. I don't know. Because after all, the Old Testament and the New Testament comprise the modern Bible. Yeah. Yeah. I think they they would have to find some in-between moment to choose for that. Some of the things the the squad wouldn't do well on anyways, like national security. So don't, (laughs) they're on a lot of committees, believe me. I believe it. So, um, all right, Victor. So let's, um, stop here. You mentioned about the, before we even talk about whether they're Old Testament or New Testament, they need to win the election. So we're going to do our Saturday show on a lot of different things about the election and um, voting in the United States. So we'll wait. We'll hold it for there. And thank you so much for all of this wisdom. i sorry I called you brilliant. I wasn't really trying to kiss up to you. That's okay. I don't feel brilliant when you have long COVID, you have brilliant brain fog, not intelligence. I feel like I got <laughs> neuroinflammation. I'm worried that any day I'll sound like Joe Biden. Uh, you managed to muddle through it today rather well. I wish I could muddle through it even half as good on any given day. <laughs> well, we'll see. Okay, everybody. Thank you for listening. Thank I you. Very, very much appreciate it. This is Sammy Wink and Victor Davis Hansen, and we're signing off. <laughs> <laughs>